And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, special pod today. If you haven't watched this yet, Anthony Slater, who wrote an article about the Thunder on The Athletic, you should go check it out. It's just about Thunder Direction. A lot of stuff that we talk about on this show, but just in written form. He's also got some cool stuff about Chet and uh, some video on him and his shot-blocking acumen. So go check that out um, on theathletic.com. You can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get The Athletic for a discounted rate. Do that, please. Uh, but here is a conversation between Slater and I. It's the conversation we had on The Athletic NBA Show's YouTube page. So if you haven't watched that yet, um, here it is. If also, if you would like to watch it, go to the Athletic YouTube page. Just search the Athletic NBA Show on YouTube, and you can find it there. Uh, okay. Without further ado, here is Anthony Slater of the Athletic and I talking about the Thunder. Welcome to a special edition of the Athletic NBA Show here live on YouTube. I'm your host Andrew Schlecht. With me, I've got Anthony Slater, and Slater, we are talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. You wrote a piece that is on the Athletic right now that you should go check out about just a Thunder offseason review. Uh, Slater, what's up, man? What up? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We are, you know, summer league is ending today. It's we the finish line. We are I call the, it the finish line in oh. the NBA. The finals are not the finish line, right? The <laughs> summer league is the finish. Line. No, if you have like conversations with people that don't like aren't super into the NBA, they're like, "Hey, your job should be like nothing right now." You're right, and you're like, "Actually, it's going to be everything until <laughs> after summer league is over." And we are finally there. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Thunder, who had a pretty eventful summer league roster, uh, had some action at the NBA draft, and uh, just generally are are a team that people are starting to have more interest in. And I think that people kind of struggle with how to think about the Thunder in terms of their, their trades and maybe what they should do. Uh, So, but let's just start with Chet. You know, we both got to watch Chet in person in Las Vegas. Uh, What were your just impressions of the way that Chet looked physically, which I think is kind of the number one question that I had. I mean, to me, the way he went after shot blocks is the best sign that he's not at least playing tentatively, right? I mean, yeah. like, there was some crashing falls, some like high pinned blocks on the backboard where like somebody's kind of undercutting him and he's crashing to the floor. And then he's getting up and strolling down the floor. Like that is probably 
what you're looking for most, right? It's beyond just we don't. He says the foot feels fine. We can't be in his brain and know how, you know if it feels the same. But the fact that that is how he's operating on the floor and moving around with reckless abandon in a lot of ways show, tells you that you know, I, like it, I believe him. I believe that the, the that the foot feels fine. I do think there's rust in his offensive game. I think. Uh, and we can get to where I think there will be growing pains. He's similar in, in my mind to Wimbanyama in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be way ahead defensively and just a, a, a force defensively early. And I think the offense is really going to take a while. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of what I saw. Yeah. And the offense is going to take a while, partially because they're both really skilled. And Chet, and you saw this with Chet and Wimby, just their ability to get to their like dribble drive moves is really tough in the league. Because teams know you send an early double to them and you just get up in their grill and the ball is just going to squirt out. Like it's just going to be gone. And that happened to both those guys throughout summer league. And I think they're both, it's going to take time uh, just because you're seven feet tall and you're over seven feet for both of them. And you're trying to dribble. They and it's just guards, tough. Right? Yes. They, they both want to be wanna guards. Be guards. They grew up as guards, I think. And you have two organizations and we'll get to this, I'm sure, but the Spurs and the Thunder that are playing the long game mm-hmm. where you don't need Chet to just be like, hey, just be in a box this season because this is what we need from you. Just like with Wimbayama. They're not going to just – if he's turning over five times a game, they're going to be like, whatever, we're going to lose 50 games and have a good pick. That's fine. Yep. Um, so they're going to let them explore what they can and can't do, mm-hmm. which is probably not great for next season but could be you know, spectacular for four seasons from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Thunder are an interesting position because they already have – three players that you can put ahead of Chet in the pecking order if you wanted to, just because of their experience um, with SGA, J-Dub, and Giddy. And I think the dynamic between the four of those guys is going to be really interesting. Like, I think those are your four starters plus Dort. And Yeah, well, what do you expect there? Because, you know, Chet has... Chet at Gonzaga played with good players, Mm -hmm. and, like, he's not... He isn't just absolutely ball dominant where he can't spot up and hit a three and, uh, you know kind of play off ball, but he's going to want his touches, right? And I think in a lot of ways from a developmental standpoint, the Thunder want him to, like I said, explore some of that stuff earlier. But you just mentioned it. All-NBA guard, emerging wing, Jalen Williams, and then, you know, point guard who Josh Giddey kind of needs to be on the ball at times for him to be relevant on the court, right? Like he's not a, you know, you don't want him spotting up in the corner. So how do you feel that, tug of war going especially because like it or not like they, they're kind of going to be in the playoff mix mm-hmm. and, and you know their main players are going to want to win games mm-hmm. yeah people are people don't know what to think about giddy and i think a lot of people don't even realize what his counting stats were last year that he was 16 8 and 6 shooting 52 percent from two 32 percent from three like the three numbers aren't great but like the guy improved a ton he went from 26 percent from three to 32 percent from three and he scored 16.6 points per game like that guy's not just gonna give all of his shots to chet he wants to get better he wants to show that he's worth a max rookie extension to when it comes for his time and i think he's gonna make some strides i mean he's still one of the younger players in he was the one of the younger guys in his draft class he's still gonna be one of the younger players in the league next year only about to turn 21, I think people are sleeping on him a little bit. And so I do think what those guys will do is just create the easiest shots ever for Chet. I think we sh- could see some like crazy efficiency numbers for Chet because he's going to get a lot of dunks. 
He's going to get a lot of wide open shots. The Thunder haven't played with a target like this. They've had all these like really good passers and these guards that can kind of get downhill and can contribute in a lot of ways, but they haven't had this like finisher like Chet is. I mean, Chet in college finished over 70% in the restricted area. Like that guy is going to get a lot of wide open shots, a lot of dunks, and is going to contribute at a high level. And I think a lot of it is because you do have these like very intelligent players around him. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he takes like awful shots either, right? Just like those, hey, let me try like a 12-foot turn hook yeah. right now. Or, you know, <laughs> bumble into traffic and throw one super off balance. He does seem like his shot diet's pretty sharp. Yeah. Uh, but one of the stories, I think, for, for them in the early part of next season will be lineup combinations, though, yeah. right? Because, I mean, we know how kind of loaded they are with young talent, but it's also, you know, how do you fit it all in? And And if you do want Giddy to still have a lot of opportunity, like, probably stagger him with Shea, you know, have mm-hmm. him do the non-Shea minutes. What lineups does Chet make most sense with? Uh, how often do you want Chet playing the four just from a physic, you know, you, you just probably don't want him getting beaten down too much. It sounds like, you know, he's going to start at the four. Or, I mean, he's going to start at the five in a smaller lineup mm-hmm. uh, with Jalen Williams coming off the bench. But you probably want them playing together a lot, too. So I think that's Mark Dagnall's, like, main early season job. Like, what are – there's so many cool young pieces and tools – how does it fit together into a smart rotation? Yeah, and I think the answer is they won't have a like a true rotation in like the yeah. traditional sense, is that they're going to cycle guys in and out. I mean, they acquired Davis Bertans. I think Davis Bertans is going to wear a Thunder jersey. I think he's going to play some games here and there for them. A Thunder warm up or an actual you know on the court? <laughs> I think he's going to get in the game. I think he's going to get in and play. Uh, Aaron Wiggins is another guy that's like that's, that's left on. Yeah, he can get the cows. Is he? Is, <laughs> he, is he the, the? Yeah, I mean for sure. I think like Isaiah Joe is going to play. Kendrick Williams is another big piece that yeah, got hurt I, that's going to play. I, I mean they got a lot of guys. They just got. But it's like you say that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see how they kind of balance do, all this out. <laughs> okay, I mean, and we can get in the direction of the franchise a little bit, but w- w- how about just the roster spots? We talked about this offseason review being over. They got to slice some people off. I mm-hmm. mean, my expectation would be Rudy Gay, probably a buyout candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oladipo, probably. Bertans, I think, is part of the reason you think Bertans might be around is because he technically has two more years on his deal. Yeah. So he could be a trade weapon into next summer. Yeah, because he's only guaranteed $5 million next year as long as he plays less than 75% of his games, which he will. If Davis Bertans is like a, you know, a 78-game <laughs> player this year for the Thunder, that would be... I can gar- let's go ahead and just slap a guarantee on that one. That's not happening. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they're going to have to get the roster down. I think it will be a, a combination of the guys that you said. They, I mean, they just acquired Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba. They're going to have... They're gonna have a, They're gonna take these guys into camp. And you can carry twenty-one guys through camp, and the Thunder did the same thing last year, where they maxed out the amount of guys that you can bring into camp. They'll do that again, and they'll see what they. They'll see, honestly, they will give everybody an honest chance to make it, including those two guys that were first-round picks by the Rockets. But I would guess those two might go. I guess Jeremiah Robinson Earl is probably on the chopping block as well, and could become available yeah, I'm very for a team. Where, like. This is the type of situation where agents start to get involved, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like for you, sure. you could say, "Hey, look, we want to load up as many young, as much young talent as possible into the training camp, and you know, let them fight it out." But a lot of times, especially with former first round picks that that do have talent, right, mm-hmm. that believe, "Hey, if I'm on this roster, I think my guy could be the seventh man on that roster." Like, yep. there's going to be a little push and pull because 
I, and again, I have no, I don't know this to be the case, but does Ty Ty Washington's people and, and Usman Garuba's people want them to sneak in as like, you know, a non-rotation player on the Thunder or is it better to explore elsewhere? But it's it's almost, I mean, it's, it's first world problems, right, that they're mm-hmm. kind of having, but they're overloading this roster with, by the way, four first round picks coming next season. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there. there will be good players that go through the Thunder that don't make it onto the roster that are going to go play somewhere else. Like it's going to be the process Sixers did this. Like they've been through this and there were good players that were went on to play for other teams just because they just didn't have room for players. Like that is definitely going to happen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Do you, and it's a little bit of what I wrote today, obviously they're taking, and we can turn this into like bigger picture on them, but yeah, um, they're taking this patient approach that it's very in contrast to the Rockets, which is what I wrote, which, yep. you know, especially you go back to that Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade, which in a lot of ways is the origin of, of a lot of this. Um, but they, I'm, I can understand it this summer, but at some point a consolidation trade has to come um, be, because of what we're, we're discussing. And like, where are you like, just how soon do you think that that's possible? I mean, is it could it even be by the deadline? I would be surprised if it happened this year. I think I think the the Thunder will wait until they kind of see this group kind of declare themselves like really in the mix in the West before they make a move. And I think they want to see what they need too. Like you can predict what this team might need, but if you make that prediction, you could predict wrong. I mean, a lot of people point to like Siakam as a guy that the Thunder could or should be interested in. There's a lot of reasons why they shouldn't be interested in one, his contract situation. Like he's got a year left. He could just walk if he wanted to next year. Like he could just be a rental and you don't want to signaling like that. He doesn't really want to extend either. Yeah. You, you don't want to get yourself in that, in that mix. But if it was a player like that, I'm not sure they know. I mean, they could go through this whole season and discover that really Chet is probably better off playing the four, you know, I'm not sure if that's the case. But if you go through 82 games and he plays 65 and you're like, oh man, like he's getting beat up and we're not sure that he's got like the strength to do it. They may be better off going and getting a skilled big rather than going and getting another forward. So they just don't know what they need yet. It's kind of my point. And so my guess is that maybe as early as next summer, they look to package. I mean, they've got, I think it's 35 picks in total, including seconds that they could use. They're going to use them at some point to go buy the things that they want. They're going to use these picks as currency at some point, and they're going to attach a player, whether it's like a maybe Usman Jang is not like able to develop as quickly as you'd want, and maybe he'd be a player that a young team that has a like similar to what the the Wizards have had to do, and you had like not not that it's Beal, but a player like in a Beal situation might want to come to the Thunder, and then they can give like. Usman Jang, or maybe if it's like a really big player, maybe it is Josh Giddy, maybe it is Jalen Williams that go in a trade like that. But yes, eventually a trade will come for the Thunder where they're going to use their picks to fill in the gap of whatever they need most. And I think this next year, maybe two, will be used to kind of figure that out. Stuff is just breaking so correctly for them too. I mean, I just even look at this Houston pick where – Houston, obviously, this summer was like they're obsessed with like they need to try to make the playoffs. I think in a lot of ways, there's people trying to save their jobs in Houston. Yep. Um, but the fact that it's a top four protected pick 
it's, it's, it's a little reminiscent when the Warriors had the pick that became Jonathan Kaminga that they got in the mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins yeah, swap. Exactly. The Wolves wanted to be very good. Mm-hmm. They tried to build a roster that included D'Angelo Russell that was good enough. So it was like, you know, they, they weren't going to be embarrassed by being at the bottom of the standings and maybe giving up the fifth, sixth pick. But the reality was, no matter how hard you tried, you still weren't that good in the crowded West. Mm-hmm. I still don't think the Rockets are that good. So I just see Houston playing themselves into like the seventh or eighth pick. Yeah. And then handing that to the Thunder. Yeah. And then maybe you have that. You have, what is it, Utah's, uh, well, I think it's top 10. Top protected. 10 protected, yeah. And who knows on that. The Clippers unprotected, which yep. will probably be 20 range. Mm-hmm. And their own. Mm-hmm. It's not that great a draft next year, but I just like, gosh, the type of assets they have. The funny thing is like, Look, you'd have to talk to Damian Lillard, and this is not how the NBA works. It's not fantasy sports where you just trade mm-hmm. without egos being involved and all that. But like, they could throw a package on the table that like would drop Portland's jaw right now. <laughs> that would be considered like a fifth of their war chest. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they could, and I think, and it wouldn't. Obviously, it's not going to be for Lillard, but there could be a player that comes available in the next like three years. That is just like, yeah, I'm I'm done. And the Thunder is still gonna have like ten first rounders to deal and these young guys. Where like they could they could get in the mix for like I don't know, like if if Giannis, you know, wanted to look elsewhere. Oh baby, he threw the Giannis <laughs> name out there. That's I'm a, I'm just thinking like they have the chips. Level. They have the chips though to go after like a really big name. When when somebody comes available, maybe it's not Giannis. Yeah, and it seems on the surface you think like they've never really, you know, in a lot of people's opinions, done it. They're not a free agent destination. The Paul George trade was huge, and that yeah. was risky, right? True. Paul George gave no, uh, you know, commitment obviously long term, and then ended up signing long term, and then ended up getting traded, which, you know, but he spent two years there. So mm-hmm. They've done it is is the only thing. When mm-hmm. Sam Presti has believed the window is now, and I think the main overarching point of i guess what i wrote today but generally the thunders off season is like the time it's not time to hit fast forward yeah even though i mean there are a lot of people like man they could be really fun next year they, they it's just not time yet mm-hmm. yeah no it's it's not time and they could also be in a position in the next three years where it's like giddy and j-dub and chet and shay are just meshing together really well and those are their guys too and they use their picks to go get role players to fit around them and they could also do what they did with this pick with denver this year where they just take a pick from this year and attach a second and get a pick in the future and just like continue to like push their assets out forward to win like they don't know like we don't we know we don't need these picks now but we can trade with a team that's good now and the odds of denver or I don't know, the Sixers or the Bucks or teams like that being good in 2030 are pretty low. And so you just kick those picks out later, which I would expect the Thunder to do that. You know, there's they have flexibility, I guess is my point. It's like they could go the route of like trying to like go superstar hunting in the next three years, or they could be satisfied with the roster they have, do something like Denver did where they do like an Aaron Gordon type trade for like your third or fourth best player and like move forward like that. It just really depends on like the development. And a lot of it is like going back to the beginning of our conversation, Chet. Like if Chet can be tr- like a true like second best player or if, if he even like reaches his like true ceiling and he's like the best player on the Thunder, then I 
think that they might be okay and don't have to like go superstar hunting. So a yeah. lot, a lot and of it really depends on that to me. Yeah, and the and the good thing for them about Chet, the idealized version of him, is a number two that isn't it that doesn't clash with Shea. Yeah, right. It's like a, a rim protecting five who could you know who has some skill in passing. But if if the best version of Chet Holmgren is still a seventeen points per game player, but he's three four block shots, he's defensive player of the year type capabilities. He's extremely efficient. Like. That is it. That that's a perfectly capable number two, especially on a yep. loaded roster. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the question is that I would have said no to before last season is like, can Shea be a one on a title yeah. team? And I always thought, looking, projecting forward, like they still don't have that in the cupboard, like mm-hmm. a number one lead guard to win a title. Is the answer might be yes yeah. on that one, which yeah. like that one came out of nowhere. I think even to them a little bit. Yeah, I don't think you would have had anybody project projecting that he'd be first team all NBA <laughs> last year. I mean, that's, it's insane. I mean, I don't even know that you could find like the biggest Homer in OKC that would have said like, Oh yeah, you know, for sure. SGA first team all NBA. And like he, he earned it. I mean, he was that good yeah. and he continues to get better and he's super focused on becoming like the, like the best player he can be just like a lot of these guys are, but he continues to just kind of ratchet it up a little bit more every year. And so I'm I'm intrigued to see what he looks like this year, and I think that Chet could like uh, could unlock a lot for him as well. He hasn't played with a big like Chet that could play in the pick and roll, that could pop out to three, that can roll in the rim and catch a lob. Like he hadn't he hadn't played with anybody like that. So I'm I'm very interested to see how those two play together. We've seen like Giddy play with him last year in summer league. We've seen J Dub play a little bit with him in summer league as well, but we haven't seen what it looks like with SGA and Chet. So. I think that that's going to be really interesting, that particular duo um, in Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah, I think I think that long, this season, what would you say? Like first round, like almost if you were to compare to the Durant era, it's like a that that Lakers first round series they had where yeah. it felt like a, a mini arrival. Yeah. Uh, and then they trampolined off that. It almost seems like that this season is, is the hope, you might say. Yeah, I mean, if they can get be in a first round series and like truly be in it like they were against the Lakers. Yeah. I think that you feel good about it. Like they don't need to win a round or whatever, even if they were in the play in again and like lost a tough one just to get into the play in. Like, I don't think that you're completely dissatisfied, especially with the, how crazy the West is. But my expectation would be getting to round one, getting in the top eight and, you know, making a series of it. So, and I, and I think that's doable. I don't think that's a crazy expectation. Yeah. Well, what is kind of crazy about the West? And I know we always frame the West as this just like gauntlet. So many good teams. My opinion is just a lot of average teams and there's a crazy amount of parody. And certainly look, if the Thunder have injury trouble, if any team has injury trouble, or if just, if they disappoint a little bit coming out of the gate, like sure, they could be in danger of being the 11th seed, but also in this type of West, if they're a little bit better, if Chet's a little bit more ready, especially defensively early on, like you'd be like the four seed. And so Mm -hmm. suddenly they they're favored to win around. I mean, that's how in a lot of ways, in my opinion, average the West is. Yeah. I mean, look what the Kings did last year. Like that's it's not great, like some great. superstar team, yeah. but like that's a it was a good team, but they're like second in the West. <laughs> like that's not your average like second in the West team, you know, from year to year. I do think that there's going to be a some surprise team 
that's going to be in the top four that we're just not thinking about. And I think the Thunder are definitely a candidate for that just because they have, at, with the age of their roster, they have a pretty high variance of where things could go. And also, and we can wrap it here, but and also because they don't like want to be in a lot of ways. You know, that's what's almost funny about it, right? There's yeah. not this like, let's go chase it vibe. They're almost just kind of moving that direction. As uh, I think uh, they, Sam Presti would say, organically, right? This is being yeah. done quite organically. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wrote it. I mean, they, they used a ton of cap space just to acquire a bunch of second round picks. And that tells you exactly where they want to be. <laughs> you know, that's... We're moving that's up to, like, what do you think of the Case and Wallace? Like, just two spot. Like, you know, that's the, they must love Case and Wallace to go from 12 to 10 and take... Bert, Bertans was one of the worst contracts in the league. It's a, it's a bad contract. It, it's truly only one year because it's you could it could be five yeah. million next year, but I I think they really like Kaysen. I don't know who who would have moved up for him, you know, to get him at that spot. Maybe it was Toronto that was trying to move up to get him, and so some of it's that. Some of it's just you go get your guy, and ownership's like, yeah, cool. Like you can absorb his contract and. It's fine. It was a clean deal. They didn't have to give up any picks, but they did have to pay a lot of money to move up two spots. I think it's fine, but I do think it's fair to if say he's good, it's worth need, it. Yeah, you need Kaysen to be good. Yeah, you need Kaysen to be good. And in two years, if he's awesome, then no one's talking about it. If he's nope. if he's not on the Thunder anymore, I think we're talking about Davis Bertans again, kind of like we talked about Kyle Singler for years and years and years. So, well, don't stretch Bertans, or else you can really talk yeah. about Bertans. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just got done paying Singler this summer, so that's yeah. why they went and got Bertans. I get it now. <laughs> They're trying to carry on the tradition. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of the Athletic NBA Show. Stay locked in. And uh, please go read Anthony Slater's piece on the Thunder today. Uh, Thanks so much for listening.